2: To Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you joining us. Good week. Great week. Always a week that puts a smile on my face. As I said last hour, I like to mention it just because some people can't get there. Some people can't be a part of it. Some people are out of town listening to the show. I understand all of that. If you want to be able to help out, you still can. Uh, tonight, we will bowl. We will do so in order to get uh, gift cards and gifts and uh, stuff of the like for the uh Children of the Guardian Ad and We do it every year. It is uh, always fun. We will be bowling at District 850. We want to thank them for housing us. And uh, I want to thank all of you guys who signed up, got a team in there. And then anybody who wants to help, if you're in town, you're listening to me, if you can hear the sound of my voice, you're driving about Tallahassee, uh, feel free to swing by District 850. They will, they have got a place set up there where you can drop off the uh, toys if you want. Or if you'd like, you can give a gift card and they will house that as well and then we'll collect all that for this evening it's at seven o'clock so if you're thinking about it and you want to do something please feel free to do so we appreciate it even if you're not participating even if you can't stick around even whatever it might be anything you can give certainly helps out we appreciate that later in the week we'll have another announcement regarding a show specifically where you can uh, join us and give on youtube there and it goes directly to the guardian ad Litem. so two ways for us to help this year very excited about that. It was a busy weekend recapping. it just talked about it a little bit, uh, of course, with uh, Florida State on the recruiting trail. We're looking to see if they can secure the uh, KJ Boldens of the world and then also bring in guys that are committed elsewhere, guys that have uh, verbally committed elsewhere, like Jeremiah Smith, who uh, big time push for Jeremiah Smith this past week and obviously in town for the state high school football championships, along with LJ McCray. And uh, you get opportunities uh, one last time. We're down to the nitty-gritty here, and Florida State stands uh, pretty pretty strong right now. Now, I don't know if they'll get one or both of those two young men, uh, but I do know that the Jeremiah Smith visit this weekend went very well. And I know that Edwin Joseph and Keon Coleman, spending time with him, uh, I talked about it in hour one. The emphasis being on what it's like to be a player here, uh, kind of illustrating for him sort of the camaraderie that is here, what's expected of you, and you know, just getting a sense of what it would be to be a knoll in this locker room with these guys, with this sense of commitment, with this sense of what they expect of you. And I like that Mike, and you know, he continues to do this. You're not going to change who you are, and you shouldn't. We'll continue to challenge guys. It's not just, hey, we really need you and we're fawning over you and you're a great player and we all recognize that. You know that by now. You're the number one ranked recruit in the country. But also, I'm going to challenge you to make you better. I'm going to challenge you to be responsible, to do something, um, you know, and to be a part of something bigger than yourself. And And so we'll see. We'll see. At the end of the day, it's always hard when you're talking about trying to predict recruiting because we're dealing with kids and the whims of emotion. You know, I said that. As far as the portal goes and as far as recruiting goes, big picture, Florida State's in a good spot right now. They are because they have a lot of verbals from very talented kids, and they have a top five class as we speak, and they're also a destination place, landing spot for portal players, and there are a lot of really, really big names out there and and, and talented players out there that either publicly or sort of underneath the radar are inquiring about Florida State. And uh, I get all of that. So it's it's fascinating to watch uh, this play out and the work that has to be done for these coaches as to whether a guy is perfect for your locker room as well as being a talent on the field. There's just a ton going into that. And you're also playing defense in the case of a lot of kids. I mean, you have an elite class. Well, those kids are obviously challenged all the time and coaches are trying to force uh, you know, get their, get their arms out there to protect themselves from kids being poached, all that kind of thing, and you got to play the game right up to the hilt, right up to the end. And no doubt they're doing that with players like K.J. Bolden, who obviously Auburn wants and Georgia wants. Interesting, Auburn was the team a year ago, and, and, and I'll bring it up again now. When you're trying to rebuild a program and you're desperate to do so and you have some hard-hitting boosters and people that like to see Auburn football back amongst the SEC's elite – they're the team that you, to me, you kind of look for, you kind of watch out for, right? Because they're willing to be irresponsible. They can do so legally now, too, but they're willing to be irresponsible. That's who you really look at. Look, you know trying to you know fend Georgia off or Alabama off is very difficult. Trying to keep those juggernaut programs away from your players is a hell of a fight. But it's a fight you gotta win more often than not if you want to be at their level. If you wanna once again be elite to the point where ain't nobody arguing about whether or not you're going to the playoff. So if you want to be that, you know you're gonna have to fight that off. You're gonna have to fight off your rivals in the state, of course, too, but it's always the desperate school, typically in this case, because of the footprint we're in, footprint, excuse me, we're in. Uh it's gonna be an SEC school. You're not You know, you're not overly worried that Wake Forest is going to come swooping in. I mean, you're you're worried about an Auburn or somebody like that. And Auburn makes a lot of sense because they have a desperation, a want, and a means to go out and get a few guys that will be, uh, you know, a splash, a splash signing. Something that would resonate on signing day. Something that might create the illusion of real momentum. They understand that you have to start winning some of those battles, and I think they're willing to go above and beyond a lot of the schools that Florida State is competing against for the services of these players and are willing to maybe make a splash in a way that would see you back down. Because, again, you're in a better spot, and you're looking bigger picture, and you understand that, you know, all right, that's a player, but we need these two and this guy and here, and you know what? If they're going to do that and blow up the market for them, then fine. As for the quarterback rumors, uh, a lot of you asked me maybe last hour, is Cam Ward a guy that you know could get a visit here in Tallahassee and a conversation started? Now, let me say this. There are, and I checked with folks that would know, there are crazy numbers associated with the wooing of Cam Ward from Washington State who this weekend, he graduated from Washington State. So he wasn't going to be here this weekend or anywhere else. He was he was graduating there. That guy, is it would be a great kid. I, I'm, first of all, of course, they could get him. Wow. Not only because I think he's a really good player and he's a perfect fit and it's a one-year bridge and it makes a lot of sense. Also, I think he would influence a lot of players out there and the decisions that they want to make regarding where they go to. But you're hearing numbers that make zero sense. I mean, I heard a number associated with him that was over $2 million. Good luck. I mean, we're not going to pay somebody $2 million. I, I, I don't, that's not going to happen. Now, I don't think they have to either. And I don't think those numbers are accurate. And that's what I wanted to get to. Because this is all new and there's a lot of misinformation, and half-truths that surround the larger discussion of what NIL is and what collectives like the Battles End do and how they operate and what players can command in the open market. I I think it makes sense that those numbers would be inflated, especially, you know, on the internet (laughs) where you would hear a bunch of people say, well, I heard. You heard what? Well, I heard this guy got $3 million. No, he didn't. Now, there are exceptions. There are outliers. There are some guys, if they're going to like a, you know, I'll give you Caleb Williams or somebody like that could go into a USC, but he might have got a lot of money. Might have. Makes some sense. But it is really rare most of these collectives are not paying, most of these schools are just not going to pay guys a million and a half dollars, $2 million, $3 million. They're not. You'll hear that and you'll hear fan bases say it and you'll hear people on message boards say it and on Twitter and everywhere else. Hey, you know what? I heard so-and-so asked for $900,000. I heard so-and-so want $1.9 million. Also the other reason for that is kids lie. Kids lie about what they're getting. They all do. You know how kids operate. It's a, it's, a, it's a look at me, look at me, look at me, and they don't want to be embarrassed. They hear that one of their cohorts say that they made this much money. They're not going to announce that you're making half that. Like, oh, I, I heard so-and-so at Michigan got $6 million. No, he didn't. But if a kid hears that and he plays the same position and he can't get anything close to that, he's not going to tell everybody that he got 100000 So that adds to the misinformation that's out there. The numbers that you hear about are usually inflated. In some cases, greatly inflated. Significantly inflated. Now, there's good money to be had out there. I'll tell you this. I was, you know, one of the things we did not talk about when Jordan Travis broke his leg. We were too obviously caught up in the in the sadness of everything that happened and caught up in um you know, the repercussions of that and how bad we felt for him. And the aftermath of that was tough to wrap your mind around. But, you know, about 24 hours later, I did think to myself, I'm really, really happy that Jordan Travis, a kid like that, who persevered, who worked hard, who ended up becoming a much better player than I certainly thought he would ever become at that position, and a guy that really was emblematic of Florida State's turnaround. I was so happy to know that he did very well in the NIL, that Jordan Travis was one of those guys that did very well. The battles in took care of him, and he's you know he's got a. If he never plays pro football or it never works out for him, then Jordan's got a good jumping off point. He's going to be all right. He's going to be all right, and th- that's where you see it work. That's when you're like, okay, good. You know, so and so, and I'm just going to make up some numbers here. You know, so and so got 300,000, so and so got 500,000. Good, good. It's a good place. In some cases, they're your quintessential elite college football players that, in some cases, are tweeners, right? They just don't make up that crazy 1% of the uh, freaks on this earth that can play the NFL. Not everybody can. Not everybody has the measurable or the preternatural gifts of a Lamar Jackson or Joey Bosa or whoever you want to look at, right? Where you just see freaks and you go, what in the world is that? But they could be very good college football players and they could be handsomely rewarded for their hard work, dedication, success at one place. That's good that we're at that place. I was happy to see that that happened for him. Now, back to the discussion at hand. Florida State's in a good position. I don't know if they're going to get Cam Ward to come down here. It would be great. But if those numbers are anywhere close to being true, what he's asking for, then don't expect him to be here. There are still persistent rumors. I'll just throw this out here again. It is very persistent, in fact, that uh, DJ Ua may, in fact, be visiting Florida State in the not-too-distant future here. I think that... When we look at Cam Ward and we see the player that he is and what we think possible with him, that's where you'd side if you had your druthers. But, mm, depending on the number, a one-year bridge, okay, maybe. That recruitment in the portal of a quarterback informs kind of the rest of what you're going to do who you're going to be able to bring in, how much money you're going to have, what's possible for defensive linemen, defensive ends, linebackers, you name it. I should make mention, and we'll be talking to him pretty shortly, but I don't know if you've read it yet. But if you haven't, I want to remind you here in case I forget. Go to Warchant.com and read the article, Leap of Faith, Why Florida State's C.J. Campbell is Betting on Himself One More Time. It's a long-form article, and it's I read his best, and it's a really good piece, and I will tell you that uh, I already like C.J. Campbell. you like him, too. You'll really like him if you read that article. In fact, do so. Do yourself a favor. Read that article. It's a few days old now, but it's really, really good. It's called Leap of Faith, Why Florida State's C.J. Campbell is betting on himself one more time. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Hey, Seminoles, we all know how important it is to score in the red zone, but are you prepared for success in the retirement red zone? Five years leading up to your retirement date and the immediate five years after are a critical time of thoughtful planning for you and your family. And our friend and fellow Noel, Adam Tolliver, and his team at Artisan Financial Strategies are prepared to coach you to victory. Some of us, well, we're at midfield and want to plan ahead. Others are ready to punch it in on the goal line. They're making sure you know how much you can spend without running out of money, protecting yourself and your family against rising health care costs, or carefully planning your legacy, the Artisan team brings a combined 30-plus years of planning experience and world-class resources to help you navigate the way. For more information, just head over to KnollRetirement.com. Now, that's one word, KnollRetirement.com.
1: Jeff Cameron Show
2: 933 Real Talk Ray at Chat TV. Good to be with you. By the way, the uh there are nine AFC teams that are either eight and five or seven and six after yesterday's uh games. Eight and five or seven and six. Three NFC South uh leaders at six and seven. <laughs> Including my Bucks. Who win? They won yesterday, and I was like, damn it! What are you doing? The immediate retort from Baker Mayfield and the rest of the Buccaneers. Sorry, Jeff, we're trying to win this sorry-ass division. We are in first place at 6-7. and seven. Flags fly forever, sir. We will take another division championship and fly it high from Raymond James as you walk in. We won't have the record next to it. It'll just be the year. <laughs> when they go 8-9 uh, and nine and win the NFC South, it'll just say 2023 NFC South champions. That's how you're going to get I was in-game betting about six different games yesterday. It was so perfect. I, if you are a sporting guy or gal, man, in-game betting the NFL is easy money right now. There are so many bad quarterbacks in that league. Just everywhere you look. Like, okay, okay, we're gonna go. Oh, I, th- I think I see where this is headed. I'm gonna I'm gonna pound the under for the next two quarters until they figure it out. Because I was watching that Minnesota Las Vegas Raiders game. And at zero to zero midway through the second quarter, I said, We ain't getting there, kids. Let's go. (laughs) Let's go. And then I took a flyer on the Raiders plus three and a half and went, thank you very much. Got it by the hook, baby little three-to-nothing action. I have never rooted so hard for a nothing-nothing game in the NFL in all my life. And here's why. I know the last time there was a game that was this low scoring was in 2007. And it was that Dolphins game. And it was because the weather was hideous. It was outdoors and the weather was awful. And you could barely play a football game. This was... Perfect conditions, indoors, 72 degrees, nothing wrong. There's no element to deal with. That's just straight-up sorry-ass football is all that is. And the story of the year in the NFL for like four weeks was Josh Dobbs, who they benched in the middle of that game yesterday. Like, okay, Josh, it was a nice story. You suck. Let me see what that Nick Mullins can do for us. This is also a league, I might add, that is routinely, surpri- routinely surprises me when I find out that somebody else is still in the league. How many times are you watching a game? And you're like, wait a minute. That guy's still in the league? I thought he was out of the league four years ago. He's a starter somewhere? It's nuts. But, I mean, look at Joe Flacco. Just throwing it around the lot yesterday. And I'm reminded Tom loves him some Joe Flacco. I'm reminded that Flacco throws one of the most beautiful footballs to ever be tossed by anybody in the history of the game. That first touchdown pass he threw yesterday and Cleveland's 31-27 win over the Jags, it's just this little flick, this little back foot sort of... It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I've watched it like six times. I don't even care about either one of those teams. But that he, that doesn't go away. That's a big, strong dude, and all of a sudden Cleveland looks like uh, they could make the playoffs. Detroit fell on their face. Jared Goff still can't win on the road. Zach Wilson somehow went nuts in a 30-6 win over the Texans. What in the world is going on there? That's a five-game losing streak that snapped. And then you have Patrick Mahomes crying because – Kadarius Tony does stupid things like line up a foot and a half to two yards in front of the football. Let's talk to Ira dot Warchant.com. Let's do it now. It's a busy time. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother?
3: I'm good, man. How are you doing?
2: I'm well. I uh, told everybody a moment ago before you came on that uh, I really, really enjoyed your article on C.J. Campbell, man. Good stuff.
3: Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, not a lot of people write, Three thousand word uh, features on walk ons. Uh, even fewer people do it on players who've gone in the portal. But uh, but that, but this is your guy. I'm a little bit different.
2: I loved it. I loved it. I didn't know what I was going to get into. I saw the article and I went, "Oh, I'm going to read this." And then I was like, "Man, this is a reminder that I was a really good writer." And B, it's a it's a long form article. And then it just I already like CJ Campbell, but man, you can't do anything but love that kid after reading that article. What he's been through. I mean, whether he goes on to wherever he goes, or if he comes back here, I don't know. Whatever it might be. You just you got to root for that kid forever.
3: Yeah, there's no question, and I mean he's obviously highly intelligent, and like you said, he's been beloved uh, by players and coaches and fans since he's been here. Um, but uh, you know the off the field stuff is is pretty remarkable. That the you know the adversity he faced from a young age, and you know being put in the foster system and, yep. and uh, having some bad experiences, and and just not having a lot of stability in his life. Um, yeah, you know, that that's probably going to send you one of two ways. Some uh, probably more often than not, it sends you the wrong way but he's a guy that just channeled all of that into being as productive as possible and singularly focused. And, you know, I think it's interesting. Um, it kind of brings a full circle with him going in the portal because, you know, he, he loves Florida state. He says that repeatedly in the article loves his teammates. I mean, when you, when he talks about his teammates, he, he it's like, he almost like can't express how much he loves his teammates, but he also believes in himself as a running back. He looks at that room and says, you know, I, I want to play. I know I can play at this level. And so he's trying it out, and he uh, had an official visit to FAU over the weekend, which is great for him. And so we'll see how it works out. But uh, but no, I'm with you. I I think everybody should be pulling for C.J. Campbell.
2: So, what's the latest that we're hearing in regards to? I talked some in the first hour about this. Obviously, it was a huge weekend with Jeremiah Smith being here and, you know, LJ McCray in town and all that kind of stuff. We know we get, uh, you know, with with LJ another opportunity, but I'm just kind of curious to see. And they're trying to fight off Georgia and Auburn for KJ Bolden. Uh, What's the sense you get about where Florida State's at right now, other than being extremely busy trying to hold on to a class that's top four and secure those portal kids that we've all seen jump in?
3: Yeah, I mean that's a great they're great problems to have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they you know, you don't you don't go out and land the kind of players that Florida State did and expect everybody to just go away and just kinda you know, oh well Florida State's got got them. So, uh, you know, K J Bolden is getting uh, a real major push from Auburn and, and Georgia. Uh, you know, Armando Blunt, the five star defensive lineman who flipped from Miami to Florida State is is uh being courted heavily again by Miami as you'd expect. And and um uh, and it sounds like from what Michael reported, Charles Lester's even had um, you know, school's pushing in him late as, as well. So that's going to be a challenge is to keep all those guys. Uh, I think, you know, you'd like to think that they're going to be able to do that. They've held them this long. Um, but as, as we've seen, you know, you just – you never know until signing day. And then, you know, Jeremiah Smith is obviously the biggest target still out there, and he's committed to Ohio State. And, um, it depends on who you talk to. You know, there's a lot of confident people around Florida State. I've actually talked to the media that cover other schools who think he's, he's going to flip to Florida State. But until that happens – you know, until until you can wrestle him away from Brian Hartline in Ohio State, it's it's just hard to it's hard to be confident about because of their track record with the receivers. But again, these are all great problems to have.
2: Never know what to believe anymore, but I do know right. this one consistent thing that has gone down here for Florida State because of the 19 straight wins and the flip of the culture, and we now we do see that one way or the other they're going to have a, a, an elite class. That you know, I'm hearing over and over again, Ira, and I'm sure you are too. Florida State has to be very, very patient because whether they're publicly saying this on their social media accounts or not, there are a lot of kids that would be interested in Florida State if Florida State were interested in them. That's sort of a, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to go out there and put it on my Twitter account. But if there's a landing spot for me, and that's when we talk about having good problems, right? When you've got a kid, and I'm going to make it up. But you got a kid at say Texas or Michigan or Ohio State or whatever saying, you know, I, I I'd like to to play at Florida State. I just don't know if there's any interest reciprocating. That's a good problem to have because it's not just the kids that are all publicly trying to get leverage by using social media accounts. It's a whole bunch of other kids who want to be very careful about it. And Florida State is a destination now.
3: Yeah, and I, it, it, why wouldn't it be? You know, oh, of course. The only knock at all right now is obviously is them not getting in the playoff. But everybody knows that the playoffs going to change next year. It'll be twelve teams, so if the situation was the same. Florida State would get in, but when you look at the criteria that players are looking at, it used to be, um, you know, probably the biggest factors were can you can you develop me as a player? Can you help me get to the NFL? Maybe maybe do you have the major I want? Does it fit geographically? Is, is part of the country I want to be on? Are you going to get me exposure and all those things? Well, Florida State checks all those boxes in a big way. I mean, the way they've developed players the last couple of years is really remarkable. I just posted a piece at Warchant.com about the 10 most, to me, most pleasant surprises. And these are all guys who've been in the program and in their senior year took, or junior or senior year, took really big jumps, really showed great improvements. So that That's the development piece. And then you've got the battles End and the NIL piece where they've been very competitive in that space as well. So really, there's not a lot to not look about Florida State. And then it just comes down to, uh, you know what are people what, are, what what values are people putting on themselves? Uh, what is what what does the need look like for Florida State, and uh, you know whether or not all that matches.
2: So, do we guess that college game day will be inside Aviva Stadium, sir, or uh, or not? Right? There's no chance that is an outdoor venue for them, other than inside Aviva, right?
3: I remember when uh when we made our trip over there, we were talking to the uh, the security folks. Yeah, and I, I remember asking, you know. what are, are soccer fans the most? Uh, is <laughs> fans, is, who are the worst to deal with? I think Florida State fans may uh, may throw their hat in the way, in the ring uh, when we go up. I, I don't know, man. I I it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Florida State staff and coaches and deal with the game day crew. You know, I mean, it's just going to be. I thought even late in the season they had Mike Norvell on one time and Herb Street was interviewing him, and I felt like maybe there's a little bit of tension there where I think Norvell was aware of some of the things Herb Street was saying. Uh, when he wasn't on the camera. And uh, I can't even imagine right now. Um, uh, buddy,
2: I, I I have said this before. Like, look, man, I get it. These guys are unbelievably professional, meaning Norvell and staff and college coaches. You've pointed that, this out before. They can be mad about what a talking head says, but they also understand the PR game, and they know that game day, no matter how much we load them currently, has the brightest spotlight for any program. and And, and they bring the most amount of eyes and attention to your program when it's going well or going poorly. But given what just transpired and that it was unprecedented, I can't imagine you sit cordially across from somebody in your office who created that narrative and beat that drum for weeks on end and really provide any sort of professionalism or kindness, right? I mean, how, how difficult would that be?
3: I don't think I could do it. I'm, I'm going to go in assuming that Mike Norvell's a better person than me or you, uh, <laughs> a more professional person than me or you. Yeah. I'm going to assume he's going to figure out a way to do it, but dude, I have no idea. I would bite a hole through my lip um, trying to sit there and act cordial, and you're right. It's in his best interest to do that. Whenever that opportunity comes up, we know it will come at some point, and uh, you know, it's not going to make him look better by uh, being difficult to deal with or being acerbic or anything like that, but he's a human being and he knows that they just screwed over his entire football team from the best season any of them will ever have in their lives, including the coaches possibly. And uh, I mean, how do you just move past that? So I'm sure he'll figure out a way, man, but I don't know how, how he could do it.
2: It'd be one word answers, man. Yep. Nope. Yep. He's a good player. Thanks. Have a good one, Kirk. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's any other way because that's the other part of this he loves those kids. It's not like like you get passed over at a job and you have to find a way to get along with the person who got the gig or get along with the boss that made the choice. This this is
3: very different. Like he loves those kids, and and, and the think p- about and, and think about this last twelve months. You know, he's been so many of those guys. Either he's gotten the, convinced to stay at Florida State, or he's brought them into Florida State and pushed them hard, pushed them so hard at practice and in workouts, and they've done everything these coaches have asked them to do and then you sit there in that room and you let ESPN film it while they just completely crap on you and tell you you're not worthy of being in this game, and now you've got to turn around and get these guys ready for a bowl game or the next season? I mean, it's it's a, it's a ridiculous uh, situation to be put in, and and uh, I don't know what this team's going to look like uh, December 30th in South Florida, but uh, if, if they're even competitive, I think it will be a, an impressive feat.
2: I'll spare you from talking about basketball. We can push that to the back burner for a very long time if we need to, sir. <laughs> I will talk to you later, brother. Be good.
3: <laughs> Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks. All right. Take care.
2: All right, Warchant.com. That article I referenced at the start of the conversation here that I also talked about last hour is a, is a must-read. I thought he did a great job on that, but it's also just a cool story. Um, and that's a, that's a hell of a kid right there, C.J. Campbell. Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. Hey, welcome a new advertiser to the program. This one I like. Why do I like them? I use them. I already used them. Then they said, we want to be on with you, Cameron. Good, because I'm already using you. I'd like to save some money. I'm talking about Factor. Now, I could read a script. I have one here. The bustling holiday season. You're looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel your jam-packed days. Factor's America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. I'm not going to do that, though. I don't need to do that. I like not meal prepping. I like Having a delicious meal before me in two and a half minutes out of a microwave prepped by a professional chef. It is delicious. Protein meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving in some cases. I could get the uh, low-calorie conscious meal if I want one. If I've overdone it for the week or something along those lines, I pick a different set of food items out of 35 prepared meals at the start of every week. And voila, it's at my front door. It's awesome. Head to Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 and use code Cameron50 to get 50% off. Doing you right, people. That's code Cameron50 at Factormeals.com slash Cameron50 to get 50% off.
1: The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3.
2: of this great riff it was the other day, I think it was last week, brought it up to a friend of mine, maybe watching this show right now, in fact, it was uh, 1969 that came out. I was not born yet, just so you know. <laughs> I saw the look on your face. Uh-huh. I was not born yet, but uh, what a moment in time. We are all the better for it, that uh, Keith sat down and went, here, what do you guys think of this? I think that is badass is what I think that is. What's up, Tom Wang? I see you in there. We're going to bring him up right now. Made his way back to uh, good old Tallahassee. Hopefully the house is intact and everything's good. Looks like it
0: is. Yeah, things are good. A couple of branches strewn about the front front yard. Uh, You would not have handled uh, the 5.30 to 6.30 a.m. window that I was in very well today. No. TSA, 30 people, one hour. 30 people.
2: One hour. That's a tough finish.
0: They flagged. I counted eighteen out of twenty bags. They flagged, and most everybody was just kind of ushered along their way. No issue with the bag, but they, yeah. Well,
2: I, we know, we're here. Eighteen out of twenty. <laughs> <laughs> that's a toughie. You're like oh, that's a lot of bags. That's a lot and there was of only bags. one
0: one person, one person saying, uh, uh, "Is this yours?" And they took their time with everything.
2: So on my way back from Ireland. Uh, and I was reminded of this over the weekend with a cruel text from our cohort. Uh, Aslan texted me and Ira that, uh, you know, he was dealing with a sore throat and that this the Irish honey that he brought back is really something for a cold and to ease a sore throat. Of course, he texted that knowing that they absconded with my Irish honey that I got, but somehow did not flag his. So we went to two different security personnel, and uh, there I was, and it was all packed neatly, and they said, oh, no, no, nope, no, nope, we're going to have to take this out. I was like, it's honey. I got, it's Irish honey. What do we, it's right, no, no, it's too big. And it was a gift from my wife, and I didn't get any. And then he was utilizing his Irish honey over the weekend to soothe his sore throat. I'm still, it's a
0: little... A little pissed. A little pissed. Sounds like it's going around the war chant staff a little bit. Ira's on the mend, but you can hear that there's mm-hmm. still a little bit to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe, that, maybe that was that uh, that road trip home on the Sunday from hell a week ago, and it was just uh, you know sadness, sadness, and germs. It's just infiltrated. The but
2: there's no sadness tonight, sir. When we bowl at District 850, and I said earlier in the show that I no longer venture uh, to guess a, a score or anything like that. Like, I'm done setting expectations, and, um, you know, instead I just went, oh, we're going to have fun, we'll raise a lot of money for charity, and we'll uh, – well, actually, we'll get a lot of gifts for the kids at the Guardian item is what I should say, and gift cards and the like. And that's fine. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. And that's fine. And if I roll a good number, everybody will hear about it tomorrow.
0: Yeah, uh, everybody will hear about it tomorrow. <laughs> Last year, I was unable to beat the clock. I was unable to beat the clock, but I had a game going before they the shut it down. place was shut down. Mm-hmm. I think it was in the eighth frame, and it was on pace to be something like a 185, which would have been, for me, a spectacular moment. So I'm going to try and finish that issue and clear 150, because it's been a minute at this tournament since I've cleared 150. I once had the old uh, frequencies, uh staff record until you broke it. Yeah, one time. Yeah,
2: no. And I was on the cusp of greatness that day when uh, somebody just decided to wait me out. Stand on the line like an ass. That's correct. For two and a half minutes. What are we doing here? All rhythm was vacated in the moment. Yeah, I failed, though. I wasn't mentally strong enough. Don't bowl enough, I guess. But I that was the,
0: the McCracken. The McCracken oh, Bowling Ball. Oh, it's
2: right. I still have the McCracken uh, Bowling Ball. I still have the Rose inside, and it was given to me by a guy who makes bowling balls, who was once on the FSU bowling team many moons ago, and uh, and and learned of our efforts and over the years and sent it to me, and I still have it. And uh, I have kind of retired that ball. It's in a spot in the house. I should put that behind me whenever we're doing StreamYard events and have the, the McCracken behind me. People will know. They'll know. It was... Uh, it was always uh, one of my favorite pieces because he he told me right off the bat, no, if you guys keep doing this, I will get you that bowling ball. And he came through, so it's a, it's one of my cherished items of the day. Now, good chance, again, I also was letting everybody know earlier, and then we'll move back onto the sports here, that uh, we're probably going to be doing a show later this week as well for people who aren't here and can't maybe swing by tonight or, or don't have the means to do so this week, but maybe later in the or later in the week they do, whatever it might be. Scheduling wise, uh, I think we're going to do a show this week, like we've done in the past, where we were able to get relief for um, after the hurricane. and we've we've had a couple of good moments like that because the people always show up and they always do the right thing,
0: yeah. We talked about that uh, late last week that you know we we can share the information and verify for you, you know, exactly where they are in terms of Guidestar, which is a great third party service that verifies charity. So if there's anybody out there that says, All right, it's a local institution. Like we've given to the American Red Cross before, Mm -hmm. and that might be if you're Troy, you're in the high country, and you're saying, "Well, what is this?" Uh, It's the Guardian Ad Litem Second Circuit slash Child Advocates Two. That's going to be how it is listed probably uh, during the live show. But the great thing about giving shows is the money goes directly from your donation into the bank account of the charity itself. Can't wait to do that a little bit later this week.
2: Our bucks get the win, buddy. Just gonna go home, and take the NFC South. <laughs> I won three of the five games that I had different with mom. I should I should have just taken the bucks as they rallied to get the win, or else I would have won uh, four of five. But uh, yeah, so we're gonna hang that
0: banner, NFC South champs. <laughs> He's uh, Baker is like um, the three point shooter. Who just will never stop. He's got no soul. He probably should have thrown three interceptions down the stretch. And then he also should have hit two or three wide open receivers. Mike Evans being one of them. Mike looked like he was about to weep. He was open on a deep corner. And he's like, my man. I wanted to say to Mike,
2: just let it go. Pretend he hit you right in the hands and you dropped it like you do at least once a game. It's all right.
0: But then Baker keeps on shooting. And Baker keeps on taking more chances. And that was a dart. There's the throw to Godwin where and, you're like, oh, well, we're going to win this football game. <laughs> and now you have to go to a place that you don't want to go as a Bucks fan where you say, you know, if we didn't blow uh, 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 more than a field goal lead to Stroud with like 10 seconds to go, we'd have this thing on ice already.
2: I, um, I, I, We're going to get blown out in the playoffs. We have no business being in the playoffs. Nobody from the NFC South does. Every win is a lesser draft pick, and yet I'm kind of chuckling at this point because now I'm like, well, go ahead, go ahead and win the division. So you've screwed around enough to where we're only going to get middling draft pick in. Just win the division. They don't take it away from you. You get credit for it.
0: We have both Carolina games left, right? I think we do. No, no. We almost lost to Carolina last week. Uh, Okay, so there's okay. There's one more though. There's there's one
2: more. (laughs) This is is, uh, I don't know if there is or not. I can't remember who we have left. I just know we stink, and I know we won the tiebreakers over the Saints and the Falcons. Now, so if we finish sub 500, and everybody does in the NFC South, there you go. Uh, Then all of a sudden, that's where you you know you're going to be division champions, and you're going to lose in the playoffs, and that's fine. But hey, we'll take it. I might get that shirt, Tom Lang. I might get that shirt. But I thought of you yesterday as a live wagering went on. How about your man Joe Flacco out here slinging it, looking
0: beautiful? I heard you talking about him. Yeah, man. He calms you down even with his pre-snap cadence. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, the, here the, we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Smooth Joe Flacco. Smooth Joe Flacco coming to the party. It's
2: still a gorgeous ball, though. Every time you see it released, you're like, look at that thing. That tight-ass spiral. It's If you give him time, my man is magnificent. It was like twice just, just lasers.
0: Well, and I think he's costing Cleveland less than um, Cam Ward wants on the open market. That's I mean- the rumor. <laughs> That's what's crazy here is, like you know, Deshaun gets the largest guaranteed contract in NFL history at the time that he signs it with the Browns, which is in pure defiance of what was coming from the NFL itself. And then you're paying Joe Flacco Cam Ward money. <laughs> and Joe's playing well.
2: And Joe's just like laughing, smiling, having a good time. Like, I get to do this again. I was out of the game. I was throwing the football with my brother. I told him one day, I think I could still do this. Got back in the league. And now Cleveland fans are like, yes, stability at the quarterback position in the form of Joe Flacco. We're set. It's great. But he does throw a beautiful football. The, you know, the NFL is weird right now, but it's a chance to make a lot of money because these in-game wagers are the best. Just sitting there over and over and over again, pounding the under, Pounding the under, pounding the under. Just flip around at every backup or should-be backup quarterback in that league and just sit there and go, oh, they, they can't score. They, they'll be playing for hours and they won't score. They're not going to score. Eh, it's terrible weather here. This is the time of year where it's an ATM. You just sit, watch the game in the first quarter, and it'll tell you everything you need to know regarding the over or the under. And one,
0: Wait, the one cautionary tale, because Jets-Texans was 0-0 at the half and they hit 36
2: the game well how were we supposed to know Zach Wilson was going to become Joe Montana in the second half just throw it
0: around I'm just saying in case somebody takes this hint and runs to the bank with it Zach Wilson yesterday would have ruined your account because of he found himself for two quarters of football
2: I found the Raiders Vikings in the nick of time midway through the second quarter I watched carefully and it was abundantly clear neither could move the ball if there were nobody across from them And I said, oh, we are in luck. Because Jefferson got hurt, and I was like, okay, this is it. There's nobody on the field worth a damn. Nobody's going to move it. So I took the Raiders plus three and a half, got that half-point cover, and I pounded the under every time. I was like, here you go, here you go. Because the way that works for people – is if if a team gets the ball in the red zone at all, the number dramatically shifts. And that's when you can really take advantage of the gullibility there. You're like, oh, really? You think they're now going to score 28 points in the next quarter and a half because somebody has the ball at the 19? I don't think so, pal. And I just kept going. (laughs) I was loving it. And then there would be stupid penalties because they're incompetent. There is – This is a weird deal, what's going on in the NFL right now. All of the fans, first of all, you feel yourself attracted to it because unlike what just happened to Florida State with the committee, they are going to solve this on the field. Now, the product may suck, and the games may be 16-10, to and you may see a lot of bad quarterback play, but they are playing the games. They're going to play them, and then they'll play in the playoffs, and somebody will beat somebody and earn their way to the next round, and they'll keep playing. And there's enough sneaky, really good teams and interesting teams that you're like, okay, well, on the high end, I still kind of care about watching Josh Allen and Buffalo. It's interesting. Well, now Patrick Mahomes is being a whiny, uh, you know, and he, he's all upset because they're struggling to move the ball because their offense is average because they don't have receivers. And then you watch what Philadelphia, looks tired. Dallas is actually really, really good. San Francisco is probably the best team in football. So you have all these storylines. And then you've got this over here, all these teams that are kind of, you know, uh. Eh, that's like a 9-win team, that's an 8-win team, that's a 10-win team, that's a 7-win team. They're all the same. And you can just stack, I mean, you can stack the odds in your favor in the middle of the first quarter once you watch the line of scrimmage. In-game betting, everybody, this is where it's
0: at. Well, and also, you're getting to the point of the year where the NFL says, uh, to hell with Saturdays in college, it's ours now. You know, So you're going to get multi-day weekends, uh, there's a weird Monday night concurrent double header of sorts. Tonight- it's a strange... You had two games in the eight fifteen window. That's really good for us at the bowling alley, so that we can have because they got those big screens at District eight five zero at the end of the lanes. So that'll be great. It's kind of strange they didn't stagger those starts. Maybe one at seven, one at eight thirty, something along those lines. But Saturday football, they love to run it up on the holidays. Now that used to be the NBA's territory. The NFL says double birds to you. Yeah, we'll take all N- of it, all of it. We're playing Christmas Eve games. We're playing Christmas Day games. Yeah, man, this is uh, this is a very, very nice part of the year. It's just always so weird because the crescendos around New Year's for the NFL regular season no longer. They do extend it beyond New Year's. So you still have one more regular season game to go. I
2: never thought I'd see the day that the NFL would be like, yeah, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving, you name it, we'll play on every single holiday, and Walmart would tell its employees they have the day off. What is going on here? Walmart closing having a heart and a soul and allowing employees to spend time with their family, which is nonsense. Put those people to work. And the NFL just steady play. <laughs> you could tell I tried to go to Walmart on Christmas Eve or not, yeah, I mean not Christmas Eve, but, uh, Thanksgiving.
0: did you forget? Who are you buying? No, for? it was,
2: it was Thanksgiving. I was trying to run up there last second. Like I needed whipped cream and I got screwed out of whipped cream because everybody wanted to be nice to their employees.
0: Yeah, every time that they uh, the league breaks it to the players' union that they got to play in another holiday, it's just a video from Scott Hansen. Hey, everybody, wanted to let you know something.
2: <laughs> you thought you had a day off? You don't. Oh man! All right, glad you're back in town, sir. I'll see you in a little while over there at the bowling alley. Good times and uh, good work out of you, director, producing you and directing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go get you some Zaxby's, indeed. In fact, platters, delicious platters, are perfect for bowling. Go get you at any one of the 78 Zaxby's in town here in Tallahassee these days. And don't forget, when you do that, you're supporting an 18-plus-year Golden Chief. That's right. Support the people that support us, Zaxby's. Good work, Director. Good work, Tom. Be good, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.